I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. First one of the season. Seems like ages since we've done one. Well, it is really, isn't it? Yeah, if you well, think it wasn't. It? it was about two weeks ago in London. Yeah, it's not quite the same, though. You're not, not in the studio, though, is it? Not as much booze. Was, yeah, I was going to say, that was better, actually, because really. it was like alcohol <laughs> at every every turn, well, every possible was, moment, there was somebody with a beer yeah. in the hand for us, which we do appreciate, and we are grateful for. So on that note, we've booked something from Manchester. Gareth will tell you about that show later on. Well, hopefully you drink as much in Manchester as you do. Well, <laughs> you do. As long as the drinks are presented Down at our table as well, then that's fine. We started the first one of the season in a very selfish manner. That's what's happened now. We've been to London, haven't we? We've gone up ourselves. What speaking of which, Andy Dawson's here. He's well, gone up speak, himself, hasn't he? Speaking of being up themselves. Ah, he's gone up oh, himself now. He's goodbye. got a podcast. <laughs> he's got a podcast now, hasn't he? Yeah, Andy, Copying. tell our listeners about, about your show and about your project. Um, I do the podcast with Bob Mortimer. He used to be on the television. He used to be quite famous. It's Mr Mortimer and the rest of us, but it it's is, Bob yeah. to Andy now. And we do this thing called Atletico Mince. Um, once a week and it was originally intended to be a football podcast and we quickly realised that our sort of football opinions held no weight whatsoever and uh, it's never stopped just, still starting yeah we just kind of drifted <laughs> off into the into the tributaries of the football river and we just talk about uh, anything that comes to mind really Steve McLaren's life now that he's mm. not in management and he's uh, he's yellow snake that he keeps took a bit of a turn didn't it recently that one it took well. a, yeah if you listen to the most recent podcast it ended I'm not going to give you a spoiler but it ended um, quite sadly but, um, I haven't caught up with this week so no, no spoilers listen, and, uh, listen to the next one later in the week and find out what happens next get on get on to that then if you're not listening to it already we're also joined in the studio by James Hunter of the Chronicle nice to see you again James thank you very much Steve Seems like I don't have a podcast <laughs> Which is probably makes me the odd man out in the studio. You're always part of our podcast. Oh, you, but you do no, part of the pod, you're podcast our, family. Yeah, yeah, you're one of our regulars. You Thank do you. those videos and that. That's though. true. We I do don't videos. do that. You're ahead of the yeah, curve. Yeah. That, that ransom video. That ransom. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah where you were lying on a table as in you, IKEA. As you can see, they did let me. They let me go. <laughs> let you go on. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I, they, they, I threatened to keep talking until they did. <laughs> yeah, it was the money that we we raised from the the podcast in London. The money we had left over, we uh, paid the ransom for James so he could be heated there. Thanks very much all for the people have some sort of context what you're talking about there because I'm not sure if I'm being honest it's alright it's a joke it's right okay <laughs> have you been uh, on holiday James you look like a nice nice little colour there I, I have do to say. yeah I've been on holiday yes I've Where been on you? holiday to Italy um, and then I've been on pre-season obviously with Sunderland oh, which yeah. was very nice and warm uh, the, in one France one of the perks of the job well uh, we had to graft a bit you know speaking about your job and your and, and sort of what you do covering Sunderland it's a bit of an end of an era a little bit with uh, Mr Christopher Young moving on from the echo end of an era Mm. Uh, certainly, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess so. Yeah. I feel like I should have some violin music here just to go with that, because yeah. you guys were quite tight, and you always together on the away, the away games and stuff. A sort of Simon Bates, our song kind of thing, you know. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's it's pretty 
Um, sad time to, to see Chris go because he'd done such a, a great job taking taking uh, things on after Graham Anderson, uh, who I spent most of uh, my time up here in the northeast. You know, I've been up here 17 years now. Graham Anderson's been been uh, covering Sunderland alongside me virtually all that time, just last couple of years. And then Chris has you know sort of inherited the crown, and uh, and he's been fantastic to work with. So very sorry to see him go. There was no way you wanted the free transfer and the step over, was there? Uh, well, no you comment. can't ask questions like that. You can't ask questions like that. But I mean, you know, we're, we're looking to see what what happens uh, uh, this season. They should ask the you end. guys before the interview. They should ask you lads, you know, what you want because you'll be spending most of time with them. It's important for you, you know. He might come, he might be right now, but then you Do you think I should have power of veto? Is, it, is, is, is that it? You know, having been having been doing the exactly. job for seventeen years, yeah, I should have power of veto. Has the echo not got on you, lad? Yet is it like probably, in, in, but we're in parallel know. with the football club that we're leaving all at the last minute? Yeah, well, they got till the thirty-first of August. <laughs> well, the, the season starts. Well, it started the, the best hurry up. There's going to be some other poor soul. I'll have to go and cover the games and. Do all that stuff that you have to do. Mm. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure this is probably great for the. Yeah, listeners, I'm sure. Really? See, football season did start at the weekend. Now, um, I only caught the last half an hour of the game actually because I was travelling back from Borough. So, that, don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. They played all right from the last half an hour. I watched, but I, I gather it was a, a little bit of uh, the old weathering the storm to start. I've got to say, to be honest, it's about one of the best starts to the season we've had in living memory. <laughs> you know, just losing a, a narrow two-one defeat yeah. one of the one of the bigger teams in the league. I was quite pleased with it, to be honest. <clears throat> How well, was it the first? It was well. I thought half. we started all right. I mean, we those first four minutes were fine. Yeah, it was <laughs> until we gave the penalty away. We did. We quite bright force free kick on the edge of the box, and then Gooch got down, and we should have had a corner, which uh, they then went and scored from. That well from got the penalty from anyway, um, but yeah, the, uh, you know that the, we're three nil. I was sitting there, it was twenty five minutes gone, and we're saying kind of well by this time last this time last season we we're three nil down um, to, to Leicester, and that was an absolute disaster, and we looked a mess. I mean, the team when the team came in, you know, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, when I hand on heart, you sitting there the going, team. what on earth is that? Like that's what I was thinking to be honest. I mean, I thought we were going to get absolutely marmalised. Um, you know, John O'Shea in midfield, things like that, um, and it just showed how weak that squad was. And for them to come out with their heads held high and play as you know as well as they did in the context of the game, where they were always going to be on the back foot, and they, they did nearly enough to get a point, which would have been a brilliant point and would have been a great start of the season. Unfortunately didn't get it um, but you know loads of positive signs in there for, for, for a number of reasons wasn't there I think talking about O'Shea midfield James there was um, obviously the, the pre-season planning getting reading between the lines deciding to play Brucey Dortmund when they did or whether that was deliberate or not might have been good preparation for Man City John O'Shea played midfield in that game so people shouldn't be too surprised yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't um, wasn't the way that David Moyes intended to to play. Um, but when when you look at the injuries they had with Lee Catamol and Jan Kirchhoff exactly, yeah. uh, both being absent, it's, you know, people had to had to fill in. Um, I mean, as, and he obviously as, as, wanted a specific kind of job to be done in in, in that position. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you know, he had a game plan uh, to deal with Man City, which which you know fared pretty well overall on uh, on Saturday, and and that required 
two midfielders, uh, or certainly one midfielder sitting just in front of the back four, um, and Jack Rodwell as as well in there. So O'Shea O'Shea had to be the man, and I thought that considering his age and the fact that uh, he doesn't play Can't in turn. that role very often, um, you know, I thought and the, and the quality of the players he was up against, I thought he, he fared pretty well. well. He you wouldn't want to make a, a habit of playing him in there, but in that circumstance, he did as well as anyone could have expected. Well, I guess. Allardyce used him there at times last season, didn't he, towards the end against Southampton, which obviously went really well. Um, but maybe, he's, I know, well, they're, they're good mates, aren't they, Allardyce and uh, Moyes, so maybe yeah. he's had a chat about that. Not that I'm saying Moyes isn't his own man, make his own decisions, but I'd imagine that if the players have got for next weekend, the players that they had fit this weekend... I'd imagine McNair would probably come in for O'Shea. Quite possibly. I mean, yeah. I mean you know, the, they only had 14 fit senior outfielders on on Saturday. Which of sorry, I was going to say, which makes it surprising when you look at the team selection, and Kasri wasn't in it. Was what I was going to say. Sorry for the interruption there. Yeah, again, I, I don't think that Kasri has been um, particularly good in pre-season. Maybe that's uh, you know been a been a factor in Moyes' decision there. He played uh, Kasri just behind uh, the striker in most games in pre-season, and he didn't really seize his chance in that in that sort of role. Uh, and he obviously thought that um, Gooch would would offer a bit more natural width. And uh, and to be fair, I thought Gooch was uh, Lyndon Gooch was was uh, very very good against Man City. So About time you put the kids in Andy. A lot of people fans well, like the well, kids yeah, hoid in, don't they? Well, exactly. Yeah, and we've never been in a position to put them in because you can't really hoid the kids in when we're battling relegation because you know can, yeah. can make it a lot worse. So, um, a lot of them have had a good pre-season, and you know Gooch got his chance there at the weekend. But I think um, it seemed as though we kind of reverted a type a little bit, and it was two goals that really were almost very self-inflicted. Very so. I mean, Van Arnholt sort of reverted back to the Van Arnholt of. 12 months ago, the liability that he was back then, given the penalty away. And then on the second goal, I thought he um, I thought he stood off uh, Navas and, you know, Manoni could have done better with the cross that came in. You know, all things considered, the way we considered the two goals, throwing the fact that John O'Shea, 35-year-old, playing centre midfield and Gooch making his debut, I th- you know, I think we can't complain at all, really. I mean, it was amazing, really, that Navas got a cross in because I think I've never—I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. Well, he yeah, also scored against us in the final, didn't he? On did. save his good performances <laughs> for Sunderland. But David Moyes, um, we we were saying James going back to that that the casual decision and him being on the bench and stuff. And what I did think when I when I saw the team news, somebody texted me the team news when when, when I was a borough, um, and initially surprised with casual, but then I did start thinking, well, because we've got a thin squad, it is good to have something to come off the bench still. You kind of don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and pick your full strength side at a game where you're going to a team like Man City, you're going to have all the ball, your players are going to be knackered, let's be honest. After 70 minutes or so, you do need a little something off the bench. And of course, Kazri and Yanazide changed the attack on purpose straight away. Yeah, I mean, as well, I, I think maybe uh, when you look at the way that Manchester City started, which was with um, Sterling, Raheem Sterling up against um, Van Aanholt, maybe. Uh, Part of David Moyes' thinking was that uh, Lyndon Gooch would uh, get back and, and help Van Anhol out more than Kasri would in that same role. So perhaps that was a factor too. It was possibly a, um, a way of, of keeping a better grip on, on Sterling. So maybe, maybe it was partly in, 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 in that way that he was thinking. It's a good in a way as well, for the, especially the love, I think, to get his baptism of fire. Why not first game? As Andy yeah. correctly pointed out there, I mean, the, the issue of playing youngsters goes back. 
I remember Martin O'Neill saying, you know, we can't, we just can't put a run of games together where we can just blend these youngsters in and ed- embed them into the but side. But then, then we played Bolton in the cup and he picked six subs and he could have put a young lad on the bench. Hmm. He was making a point, wasn't he? Well, I mean, the rumours I heard regarding that were something along along the lines of if if he puts a young player on the bench, then they get paid a um, they get paid like a like a bonus. And he didn't want them thinking they were, you know, getting above the station by getting this money or something like that. I mean, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> but, you know, back to the point, I guess, <laughs> this is kind of the opposite of that, isn't it? And it's putting them in. And I thought Donald Love was really good, considering. When, when, he, when he came last week, I thought, considering the size of the FIFA McNair and then the mm. size of the FIFA Love, I thought, well, all right, Love's going to be on the fringes. He'll, he'll get a game, maybe he's in the cup. Yeah. But he chucked him in, and he thought he did really well. Absolutely, because McNair's played fullback as well. We were saying well, on on the late. We've were... been watching Billy Jones <laughs> for the last couple of years. Then you know he had a bit of a. I mean, Anthony Morrow. I, I should because we know he always said send some crack in, and, and that, then we never and read, we never them, read them, them out. <laughs> um, Anthony well, Morrow like was one. He, at Anthony Morrow, eighty-three, said her thoughts on love, the player, not the second-hand emotion. <laughs> uh, so that thought was quite funny. But um, we're already talking about it, so it's ruined. That sounds like it'll be a question of the week. Winner, yeah. and what I'd say Ruins. about McNair as well is don't be too downhearted about McNair because the last time a new signing came in and came off the bench and had a nightmare, it was we were supposedly signed as a yeah. centre back and mm. then became yeah. a midfielder a couple of weeks later. Jan I didn't know, McNair couldn't really get out of the way, no, I could, he, yeah. he had to, you know. I think I, think, I think I, I haven't seen much blame for no. his dog. My eight year olds blamed him for it, my eight year olds skipped him already. That's understandable, <laughs> a lot, and a lot of Southern fans have that mental age, Andy, in general. So. But I think when, when you look, uh, I mean, it hits. Was it Ian Acho that was immediately yeah. in front of um, McNair? So it hits Ian Acho and deflects up and hits McNair all, you know, in the head or the face Mm. Uh, in the space of about I don't know uh, a yard and a half you know he's got no time to react he's he's about a yard out so it's a perfect Sunderland debut I would say that's exactly that's the standard you want to set in it it's like if anything says you're a Sunderland player (laughs) then making your debut and doing that then or having that done to you then do you think if you'd have offered if you'd have said to uh, Paddy McNair before start you you'll score the winner against Manchester (laughs) City on your debut do you think do you think that that would have you know he would have gone for the deal wouldn't have been what he had in mind but we we could talk about um, Moyes getting it right I think and and, and, um, we're talking to regular Craig Clark, I was t- having a conversation with him about it on Twitter as well, and we're saying you can, like I've just said to you, leave something on the bench, but you could see, obviously, you're going to get the, the youthful energy from uh, from Gooch and from Watmore, take them off. However, as much as we're praising Moyes for getting nearly right tactically, the change, bringing Defoe off and putting McNair on in the first place, we wonder what kind of message that sent out, because Moyes himself said... We start to stand off too much. We start to drop too deep. Yeah. I personally, and I only watched the last half an hour. I didn't think Man City were breaching Sunderland at all. No. And I, if I was going to take the fourth, I would have put an, I would have put a like for like replacement on personally. Are we being hypercritical there, or am I being hypercritical there? Well, who would you put on a Soro? Yeah, like for like, yeah. I, I can because the I was, shape was to be okay. Honest, but the I was shape was thinking, okay. But you had, had enough tacking players on the you, pitch you, to make that change. But you naturally, you naturally, when somebody makes that change, I would take a forward off. The natural instinct is to start dropping deep. Well, this was a, and that's this when was you a invite question. problems. On this yourself. was a question put forward 
by somebody okay, on Twitter. Okay, I haven't looked uh, at any of them, to be honest. I've been Dermot Sean Mitchell said, that did the defensive substitution cost us again? Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I'm with but, you. but, you know, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? You know, had the change not been made, or a like-for-like like, um, change been made, and Man City then score a, a winner and win 2-1, everybody says, well, why didn't you shore it up at 1-1 with eight minutes left? You know... <laughs> It's it's easy to criticise after the fact, isn't it? You know, had had he brought on McNair and, and, and it would have and it would have um, sorry <laughs> and uh, and and that would have, have you know held on for the point. Everyone would have said, what a, a great great idea to do. It would have been a tough one for for Sora to come on for his debut. I think I think yeah. having Yanis already on there and he kind of stayed up front yeah, I do. towards I the end. I it was a little that, bit yeah. of a retreat, well, but had, it wasn't sort of a. He had plenty of. He had Barini, Kazri, Yanisai. If he brought on a Soro as well, I think. Given, I mean, there, there would have been an argument for saying bringing a Soro on for Barini, maybe, and then looking at having a not change in one of those players and maybe trying to stretch the game. And then you've got Defoe still on there as a sniffer, but obviously Defoe came off because his uh, obviously his, his thighs probably giving him a bit of jip still after. Well, he didn't even play the last few pre-season games. And he had, you know, when he I noticed when he when he was walking off there, he had uh, ice on his thigh, so which would have been just you know normal if you've had an injury to to have that. So, but I I think like you can you can overanalyze it like that if you want. I don't I don't think the mentality changed. Notably, that all of a sudden, for the last ten minutes, we were massively under the cosh. It was a simple thing that someone got down the side, put a crossover, we didn't deal with it, and it hit McNair in the face and went in. It wasn't like against Southampton where it was just we just all retreated into the box and let them let them bomb us. It, it wasn't like that. It was just I a, think, a, a pattern of the game. I think lots of times in the past we would have took a batter in there, but I think we saw that they've got that kind of resilience in their DNA now, which our dice put there in the second half of last season. And I think that's carried on. You know, the transition to Moyes has been quite effortless, in the, the sense that you know similar sorts of managers, similar sorts of game player, um, and we we still look like that team that would look quite strong at the end of last season, and we've looked quite strong in pre-season as well. So that's that's got to be another positive, hasn't it? I mean, it's quite funny as well that Corney was the only one who started of the the, the KKK, as we'll affectionately call them, <laughs> um, and obviously with Kershaw out injured and and Kazri on the bench. He was so vital mm. at the end of last season, and with everything that's gone on with Corny, um what was that? I missed that. <laughs> but well, he saw the D apparently. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, that's a bit of a chinny reckon that one, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah, that Corny response. Like I see it, you know, a centre midfield with a debutant and mm. a thirty-five-year-old who's not a centre yeah. midfielder in there. Yeah, yeah. people are encouraged. Kind of complain. I thought Rodwell well, 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 was a decent game. People encouraged that he got a tune out of that group of players. I think what you're saying mm. as well is you know, the players who. Changed our side significantly last yeah. season. Only one played, and when everybody looked at the team sheet, I think they were worried this is going to be a four or five nil. When you look and, at when and, you look and, at the, the start of the game as as well, Steve. You know, you you look at the start of the game. You look at the team that Sunderland had, and and everything that you've just run through there. And you look at Pep Guardiola and the the players that he had to pick from, and then you fall behind after four minutes. You know, you then expect it's going to be like the Alamo, don't you, yeah. for for the next eighty-five minutes, and you think you'll be lucky to get out of here without four or five, you know. Um, and yeah, City had seventy-five percent possession or whatever the, the the stat was, but the number of times that they opened Sunderland up, I think you could probably only count three or four times in the mm. whole game. I can't remember Manoni really making a save. Yeah, not a great deal to do. You mentioned Rodwell there as well. I thought Rodwell's pass through to Defoe yeah, was absolutely it? gorgeous. It was, it was a great you know, goal. That, that'll that was. do his confidence the world yeah. good. Been able to do that and create a goal. I, I like how um, 
Moyes is very assertive in his early days for Sunderland, which sort of um, contradicts a lot of the criticism that went his way when he was at Man United in, in particular. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I like how um, you know how he handled the corner situation, as we're saying. You know, he played that absolutely yeah. beautifully, didn't he? Yeah. But also how he's speaking about Moyes as well, uh, about Rodwell as well. How he, he's he's not just saying there's hope from. He's saying no. He's saying no. Look, I know him. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get the best out of them. I'm gonna grab all of them. And f- fans like to hear that, and I guess Rodwell likes to hear that as well. Yeah, I've spoken to Jack a couple of times over the summer, and uh, you know, I, I said to him when Allardyce, when Sam Allardyce was leaving, I said, of all the managers you could have got, I suppose this is the manager you wanted, and he said, yeah, definitely, because you know I, he knows me, I know him, and uh, and if anyone can get because. I, Jack Rodwell's has been as frustrated as anybody else at his inability to to get back to that form he showed at Everton in his early days. Uh, you know, it's not that he sits there and and doesn't want to be that player again. He does, and it, and he feels that uh, the best chance for him to get back there is with uh, with David Moyes because he, he knows what he brings. And especially with injuries in the side, um, Andy, he's Jack Rodwell is certainly going to play at the moment because because the injuries in that position. We're saying Catamol might need yeah. an operation. I would say. Yeah, and that, and it, it's it's gonna um, it's gonna force Rodwell to step up and be, mm. you know, the, the, one of the senior central midfielders and to sink or swim almost, which maybe is just something he needs. That added responsibility. Do you know of Kershaw anything on that, James? Uh, or no, I mean he he, he uh, suffered a small tear of his hamstring uh, when he was over in France. Don't think it's it's a serious. Particularly serious injury, but hamstrings in generally two mm. or four weeks. He's only been out just over a week, hasn't he? So I would think that. I think you're looking. You, you, I'd say you're looking at the end of August, basically. Anything? Just, just else? one other which thing. Which is three games. Which is two more games, isn't just it? Just one other thing. Saturday's match really has to go down in history as the Kolarov match. You're aware of this, yeah? I'm not. No. Guardiola's come out and said about Kolarov. I think Kolarov had one of the best performances I've seen in a central defender. Really? That's a genuine quote. That's not from like one of these spoof news websites <laughs> or anything. Yeah. There you go. Against man. against with a team that had twenty five percent possession. One man up front, one small man up front. Apparently, Kolarov, one of the best centre back performances Guardiola well, has ever he's, seen. He's taking a leaf out the David Moyes uh, praising the playbook. Then mm. it's, prob- it's possibly <laughs> it's possibly also a bit of a dig at the guy that he's just paid forty eight million pounds for, who was at fault for the goal. Wonder, well, the pair of them were miles apart, weren't they, for the uh, goal? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not exactly a Sunday thing, but my I thought the commentary was just nauseating at the weekend. It was just oh. Like, Patronising. It was just pathetic. Yeah. Like the word, like oh, you know, calm. It was just. <laughs> they were now. Just yeah. Oh, he's like, standing there. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> some of, the, some of the, like, the comments we're making about Sunderland, it's like, what, what do you expect us to do? Just go there and... Open up. open up and get out the Dick Advocate School of Football. Yeah, like yeah. you know, we're not going to be able to compete with Manchester City toe to toe in a football match. BT but Sport might have been overcompensating because there's a lot of Man City fans who were really unhappy about the coverage they got last season. Really? Yeah, because uh, they were having the likes of Rio Ferdinand on the panel every week, and they said there was an anti-City bias, and there's been. What's the matter with people? With man? What's, the matter, people what's the matter with people? City fan representatives? Exactly, it's all crap, isn't it? <laughs> I wonder how uh, Newcastle fans felt when uh, Niall Quinn used to do the core commentaries <laughs> for the Derby all the time. He tried to overcompensate, definitely. Um, and Dave Jones presenting it as well. Well, you, you do see this a, a lot, though, don't you? You know, and even you know, Alan, Alan Shearer goes out of his way to to you know nice. try and be you know oh, even handed on on much of day. Even handed anymore, <laughs> because he? because because he knows that 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 everybody's scrutinising his every word, doesn't he? So. Yeah, I, I think like a lot of th- a lot gets made of these things, you know, and it's, uh, there's not really a lot. No. Of it, is it? I tell you what, when I get back to the um, perform recent performances of the Sunderland players, and not to go too much into the Borough thing, but something I've come across, particularly on Twitter, and, and opinions I've heard about the options Sunderland suddenly have in those forward positions now, like Yanazai, like Kazri, like Gooch now, who's put himself in there, like Watmore. Um, people suggesting Barini perhaps could step aside. What's this nonsense? Nobody thinks like that in here, do they? Or do they? Tell me. If for a I'd game like against, get, I'd like to get Kazri back in. At the expense of Barini for a game like Middlesbrough. You could argue that Gucci has earned his place. Yanazai is going to start, so. Oh, I'm not having that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not saying sure Yanazai will start. To be honest, you know, think? you've got to think. I mean, right? I know. I know people. I know people say, right, this isn't a derby like Newcastle, and of course it isn't. However, with the absence of Newcastle out of the league, the fact it's the first game of the season, this game is going to have more of an edge, I would suggest, than probably any other home game we yeah. have this season. Barini has played in these games for Sunderland and he's delivered. Yeah. He's also, James, you went to the pre-season games, probably been our best player pre-season. Uh, or one of them. It looked like, From afar, it looked that way. Yeah, he's, he's done fine. You can't jump Barini for a game I don't like think this, can cha- you? I don't think you'll change the team for the Borough game. I'd be surprised if he did. He didn't Unless do a great deal wrong. comes back to fitness... They haven't done a great deal wrong, have they, at Man City? I so. think he'd put McNair back in if, if, if he. I think he'll get him in instead of Oshie. Possibly that, yeah. But you're probably right on the rest of it. I, I, I think he'd want to get Yanazai in, and that might mean what more drops out. Yeah, um, he's not going to drop Barini for I'd a game like this. I'm just not having it. I'm not. I'm, I don't <laughs> know. You're going to have a boycott. <laughs> it's just weird. I just think it's nice to have options, isn't it? Casri, yeah. like as well. It's nice to be standing here saying, you know, yeah. uh, arguing about who should be when left out attack, and putting a case we had last season. Why, why wasn't Casri taking corners? Yeah, that, that I was screaming at the television. It was like the reverse Harry Kane. Like it was, he should be taking, the, like he should be taking the corners. Like why, where is he? And the uh, and the chipped the, the ball at the first far the maybe he's um, had a built into his contract and I'll come on loan but I, 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 I get bags he's on corners <laughs> yeah but it, yeah it just it just found it strange that both of them were on the pitch both came on together and Kazri wasn't taking the corners when he didn't he, you know some of them are great but when he gets the corners right they're very difficult to defend um, as we saw you know, last season, the set-piece delivery, some of the goals we scored from corners, some of his free kicks were pretty good. Um, 
I just found that really strange. You won't get made this gram, you know. I'm 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 a casual fan of club, yeah. so. And I just thought it was weird that he didn't play, like because defensively you you can't argue with his work rate um, at all. And and maybe in the first half you could say that Watmore didn't really offer Love much protection in the first 20-25 minutes of the game. Nolito, I thought Nolito looked really good actually for them, and I'd never really seen him before. Um, he was pretty impressive, and he gave uh, Love a really difficult time. And I would, you know, someone like. Casually, not team would have done a better job than what more, um, but I'd, I would like to see him in in the team. It's interesting, and it does. I think it highlights the team we had last season, James, doesn't it? Where, where we seen with 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 thin on the ground, um, thin on the surface. Uh, sorry, like the, the depth of the squad, <laughs> exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. But on the surface, the starting eleven look all right. When you look at some of those attacking players, if we could have said last season. Look, we we had Graham as an option last season, and Fletcher was playing and not firing at all. And now suddenly, we're seeing we have all these players: Kazri, Yanazai, Gooch, and what more have stepped up. So, it's better from an offensive point of view. It certainly isn't it. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that there's uh, you know, like I said, better um, better options for for Sunderland this this time. I think they still need to bring in. Uh, Inverted commas at centre forward, you know, somebody to replace a Fletcher or a or a Graham, you know, a player that can wooden uh, post. Well, it wasn't quite a thing along those lines. Possibly a bit more mobile, but you know, really <laughs> <laughs> um, But you know, somebody else who will offer you a, a bit more physical presence in the final third um, in games where where you're going to need it because you can't always rely on playing Defoe or Barini. Um, you know, up front on on their own. Sometimes you're going to need to uh, have a bit more presence about you, aren't you? Well, on that sort of semi-transfer-based point, Andy Rooney, out of view from the Dean, said, with our transfer situation driving fans crazy again, why do we find it so difficult to operate in the market? Answers on the postcard. Who's who? I don't know if anyone's got the knowledge to answer that one, really. There's so many, different, fa- well, you know, so many different factors to that one, isn't there? I think we've been really hamstrung by the fact that Allardyce left yeah. when he did, and it took so long for that to go through. And then Moyster come in. Uh, you know, it's never it's never easy for Sunderland. Yeah. It's never simple, and straightforward. Um, but you know, there's still. I think we've got three weeks to go. Yeah, I think people are probably you know that desperate about the situation. They're probably ho- hoping that we're going to announce some Villa on the show, but we don't have the <laughs> we don't have the power or the knowledge to do that. Well, unfortunately, that's that's the Villa one's a, a good example of a, a again a typical Sunderland transfer, which on the face of it looks easy, but. The depth of it. I mean, it's obviously an issue with Kazan, and they want so much money, and some are not going to pay it. And but it's very, very simple with with Villa, really. When you when you think about it, he's got six months, well, just under six months left on his contract. Has he signed a pre-contract yet? He hasn't signed a pre-contract, no. but he's got just under six months left on his contract. And Sunderland want to get him now. Kazan want a ridiculous amount of money now. If Kazan want five between five and ten million pounds for him. Um, nobody would pay that for no. for a player who's in the last six months of his contract. You know, my my suggestion would be would be simple. Get a Villa to sign a pre-contract now, which means he's coming to you for for nothing in January, and then go to Kazan and say, right, he's coming to us for nothing in January. I'll give you two million quid to let him go now, so that's you can have two million, or you can have nothing. Is that because a lot of people have been talking as if that's the actual position? Is that just wishful thinking from people? Or? It's a bit worrying that he hasn't signed a pre-contract. If he's in that six-month period now, 
Okay, that would get tied up. So he, he's you a, would wonder why another club wouldn't come in, another Premier League club as well. Do you know what the, on the the money thing, right? <laughs> Couldn't Sunderland just say to Yannan Veer, tell you what, buy out your contract, what you're on 100 grand a week, what, so that would be what, probably two and a half million quid. Say, so, right, buy your contract out, and when you sign on, we'll give you two and a half million quid. Yeah. Well, I mean, another thing as well, he could sign a pre contract with us now, and then we could go to Kazan and say, right, we'll give you two million for a loan for six months for him. Yeah. You know, put him on loan to us for the remainder mm. of his contract. You see, I think that all these things are what's going on in the background in these yeah. negotiations, and I think that because you're dealing with a, a club in, in Russia and a French player with a French yeah. agent and everything, I think. Uh, there's an awful lot of um, well, look, look at us. middlemen we, involved in a in, deal in, like this. We've, got in, we've come up with exactly, three yeah. viable solutions <laughs> in this room now. I'm saying yeah. if you're listening, Sunderland, yeah. well, in, we could be the delegation. Send us to Kazan. In the unlikely event that Martin Baines listening now, we're sitting there thinking, <laughs> do you think I haven't thought of this, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never be sure with him. This is Sunderland. He's going like, Ugh. Yeah. 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 Duh, tell yeah. us something I don't know. Well, and Villa's making all the right noises on Instagram. Yeah, all the right Unless... It's a cornier thing, and it's his agent that's actually putting his comments on Instagram for yeah. him, and he's not aware of any of it. Yeah. I saw Jan and V once in, in Newcastle City Centre, um, and he got chewing gum all over his hoodie. <laughs> it was all stuck, and he was like, this sounds like a story well, from the side of gum. It's, it's not really. Had, he, he had, he, it was all over his top, and it was, it was yeddle, and he was dressed like a kind of... To know, like a cowboy, like a fashionable cowboy, modern cowboy. Well, with and, a hat and everything. Yeah, he had like a weird hat on. And uh, <laughs> this sounds like a cheese train. <laughs> and, Van, and Van Arnold was there. Um, and yeah, he had this like he had this all black tracksuit with like gold horror. It was horrific, like these gold lettering on. And he got this chewing gum on, and Yedlin was like bantering him off about it, like ripping it into him. And literally, God knows how much this horrific tracksuit cost. But in the end, he just crumpled up this. Top, which was covered in chewing gum, and chucked it in the bin. So, you you know. should have went and got it, and we could have we could have given away as a prize on here. Modern football is fantastic. Yeah, no, there was a homeless bloke on the floor as well. Near, yeah. I was thinking he could have given it. That to sounds the like an object guy. that should really be in the museum, doesn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why didn't you go and pick it up? It I would, would have. Been. I would have went and got it, and we could have auctioned it. You off. would have rummaged in the bin. Yes. For a for a top for a hoodie. owned by Unvilla. Yes. Possibly, possibly cost a year's salary. That. Yeah, probably would. I mean, he probably got it for free. But yeah, but that's what. Anyway, yeah, MV should MV will sign man. Of course he will. It'll be fine. I can't see him not. Yeah, you know, there's still this state of panic among some of the fans, but you know there is three weeks to go, and we've just brought in three lads who are in the first team. Hmm. I think that's it, because you want. But it, I think it's just the anxieties created on the back of the the hope that and the hope that delivered by the managers we've had in the past and the club themselves, where they're saying, "Oh, it won't be like this next summer." We want to get our business done early. We want a squad in place before we start pre-season. Now we all know that there's, you might not get all of your squad in place at the start of pre-season, but you might get two or three in. Um, and in this time, it's it's been uh, worse than ever in terms of trying to get those players in, and they've come in quite late. And obviously, we had the manager situation, which is as it hasn't helped. So, I mean, on, on that point, in terms of you know managerial, you know, managers who have favourites. Advocates just rocked up at Fenerbahce, as is it Fenerbahce? Yeah, so, yeah. if you fancy, maybe you th- might give us a call and say we'll give you X amount of money for Jeremy and Lentz, and no, there might be something mm. on the go there. That would be good shout. That would, that's that an interesting one as well. I thought, but Lentz played a lot of pre-season. I was just just going to say yeah. though, I think that you know we're talking about the transfers there, and you're saying about the 
the fact that Allardyce leaving has, has affected matters. I have a theory that that's why Joe Hart didn't play on uh, on Saturday because obviously he would be a hate figure for Sunderland fans having been the man who was responsible for letting in the goal against Iceland. Oh, of course, that yeah. meant that Roy Hodgson got yeah. it out, which meant that Allardyce <laughs> took the England job, which completely knacked up Sunderland's transfer businesses for the for the summer. So, you know, that's why Hart was yeah. missing. It's funny because mm. I, you know, I'm not that, I'm not like a big England fan sort of thing. So I did. It was sort of amusing when England got knocked out in some ways. Just a situation. It was very typical, and then dawned on me the situation that could, uh, that what I could trigger, and it did. And then I wasn't laughing. I anymore. was chuckling. I was on. I was on holiday watching the game. I was chuckling. I was in Italy, chuckling at, at England managing to be beaten by by Iceland. I wasn't chuckling anywhere near as much as the French and German people that were all all around me in the bar who found it absolutely hilarious. Yeah, nobody likes England, do they? Yes, I do. All right, well, you're from here. I'm talking about... Other, all right. Like, look, well, just look at the... Just confirm that you don't Look like, at Eurovision. Care. Look at Eurovision. I'm just for chucking our opinions that I don't care about England at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you know, I used to go in the 20s when they, used to move, when they used to move right. about grounds and stuff. That helps, though. Gives you a better... You know, people can feel more connected then when it's not just... You play Wembley. Just, I've, Wembley taken you, just, I've taken you down a cul-de-sac here. If I can just use a Wembley, just, Wembley just sucks the life out of football, doesn't well, it? I, I Let's slag to, Wembley off now. I went to the friendly at the stadium <laughs> like before the Euros, and it was just a weird atmosphere because you've got these proper England fans singing the national anthem during the match, and it just felt odd, creepy, cultish. <laughs> Steve, that was Stephen. No, but you know, I did. I did a taste to their own, though. You know, Stephen ah, used well. to go all over watching England, didn't you? That's why he's got that face look, paint, like red and white face Raji. paint. That's just George. We, he, was te- he was texting us. Du- he, he was texting <laughs> us during the the Euros, saying he'd love to be in amongst it in Marseille. No, I didn't. Yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> Let's he, not lie. He, did, he had like a, he sent us a, like he had face <laughs> face as he had like a Saint George's cross painted on his face, um, and he had like a, like a glass that he like smashed off the table, and he was like frothing at the mouth, going, "I'm ready, I'm ready." Just drop us in in a helicopter and I'll sort the Ruskies out. It was one of those two painters. <laughs> what the Germans use and said, that's the only thing these are good for. A Stein. Yeah, yeah. A Stein, a smash Stein. That's yeah. the only thing these babies are good for. These, these foreign bro, glasses, yeah. these foreign <laughs> glasses. Yeah. That's exactly, that's, that's what we did over the summer. That's how we <laughs> communicated with each other. We could have filled this show out a little bit more, like with, <laughs> with David Moyes audio and stuff. Gareth, Gareth said David Moyes was boring. I didn't say that. No, I just want to get that out there, you know. And, you know, Craig Clark once... Um, or criticised by Dick Advocat for something Dude. something he'd written on our behalf. So yeah. if you're listening again, David, yeah, you know, well, said, feel well, free to have a go at yeah. Gareth. Yeah, no, like did. Dick did um, what, that, with um, Craig. That uh, press conference uh, looked well. It was brilliant, wasn't it? That first press conference. Uh, it was just like like an AB de Villiers innings in the cricket or a Chris Gale 2020 sort of just smashed everything all over the place and then walked out it was great um, well it probably wasn't as dramatic as that when you were there but when you like well, reading James on Twitter was there, and it so was just like we've got the person to ask bang 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 it was great it was yeah he didn't duck any any difficult issues you know he, he put it all out there and you know we were tipped the wink that, that uh, he was going to say his piece about uh, the Kone situation and he came out and did just that so I mean, it is good to see this side of him, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he was criticised at Man U for, for not being assertive enough. And, 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 it was and a rabbit in the headlights yeah, towards the end, wasn't it? Yeah, and he's shown totally opposite yeah. sort of characteristics here, isn't he? I think it's a different kettle of fish altogether because he's got a platform he can build on here. 
you know, which mm. Allardyce has left behind, and it's very, very similar to what he took on at Everton all those years ago. But with Man United, it was just poison chalice, really. I mean, you try hiding to nothing from from. And he didn't get the money Van Gaal got either. Let's be honest. Yeah. I think he tried to he tried to change the way he operated at Man United rather than going and doing the things he does well. He tried to do things differently, and probably got a little bit lost around a bit of a silent Jermaine Defoe when you go spoiler kind of lost situation trying five different formations and you five caught, games you kind of caught betwixt and between aren't you when you when you succeed Sir Alex Ferguson you want the continuation but you, at the same time you want to put your own mm. stamp on the job don't you and, and and you know he brought in his own backroom team and that put people's backs up at Old Trafford and you know the results didn't go the right way and the com- comparisons it didn't help him it has to be said that Every single game, when when the results were going against him, the cameras cut to Alex mm. Ferguson in the crowd. Mm. I mean, it might have been a good and idea. Mick Hucknall. It might have been a good one. Don't want to anger Well, <laughs> big moon, moon, big moon face. <laughs> but but you know, it might have not have been a bad idea for Ferguson to have uh, given it a miss for a for a few months. Mm. But that wasn't happening. But yep. you know, we're glad. And, 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 I, and I bet when when he looked round and saw Sam Allardyce there at Man City, he thought, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're glad that he failed miserably because they. Yeah, United's loss is our gain, isn't it? Yeah, and his, his manager replacements, God, that one, that one was okay. We we got lucky there for a change, didn't we? Just quickly to finish up, then you mentioned background staff there. It says something for for Bracewell and Stockdale, Jim, doesn't it? That Allardyce and Moyes, I guess, men who notoriously like their own people, they use the same guys over and over again, and both of those have came in. And stuck with what they had. That speaks volumes, surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the the impression we get is that uh, David Moyes is happy with the backroom team that he's got. He may add, you know, possibly one person to it at, at some stage. But um, I th- you know, Robbie Stockdale's got a very good reputation. Um, you know, as an up and coming uh, young coach, Sam Allardyce. Uh, been on the show. He's been in this it. studio with us. Mm. Sam Allardyce mm. recognised it, you know, and promoted him to work with the first team. Um, and as as for Paul Bracewell, you know he's been around the block more times than you care to remember. You know he he knows everybody in football and everybody knows him. And so, the club, of course. And and, and, and the yeah. club, of course. So, so there's a continue a senior continuity link there, isn't there? The thing of the about Stockdale that's a little bit worrying though is the the fact he's like always wearing shorts. Like that, I don't know what that's, that's all what about. That's what sports people do. No, but it's not. It's like it looks weird. I don't know. You're on the bench. You don't have to wear shorts all the time in like it's the easy. dead of winter. You're not having that. No. I don't know. I think it's weird. It's a strange thing. It reminds us. It reminds us. It reminds us reminds us of some like some somebody somebody else. It's another sportsman. coach. No, another coach. Who was, what was Wilkinson's number two? It was Cotter Leaves wore shorts all yeah. the time, didn't he? The, that's it. In the icy winter as well. That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, we don't it's want to flashbacks, isn't it? It's like I don't want to think about. I'm trying to put that season out of my mind all the time. Exactly. Be honest. It's like a little thing in me subconscious. No time writing everything down. You've done it. That's who. That's why it is. I've got an aversion to it because of that. Every you time you look at Robbie like, Stockdale, yeah, you know, think, think of Steve Cottrell. And I am. Oh, I do apologise to anybody who now is, will start to do the same from from <laughs> now on. We'll go and end the show from there, unless anybody has anything to add. Nothing you want to hide in the sea, Andy. Thing. <laughs> we were going to do a bootworm called Hide in the Sea. What happened with that um, drag act, by the way? Can you talk uh, about that? The conversation and the, sh- the name of the show got changed. <laughs> it was all very amicable, though. Was it? And I've got free tickets. S- serious? <laughs> yeah. Dear me. Anyway. You want to come along? 
I'm all right. I'm all right. The book was rubbish, so if he's ripped it off, then... Um, yeah, um, oh, that's so... a bombshell. Uh, a bit harsh, that, not I've got a signed copy. I'll not tell you what it says on the cover. Finish the show with a legal um, threat and a book review. I love it. Um, and yeah. I'm doing a Get in the Sea reading in Newcastle next Tuesday night if anyone mm. wants to come along. Plug, plug. <clears throat> Stan Comedy Club. I promise there'll be lots of people from Newcastle listening to the show, but there might be. There will be. If the Metros are working again by then, you know, people from yeah, Sunderland yeah, might yeah, want yeah, to travel yeah. through to Newcastle. I've heard about that. That's, that's a bad, bad time if you, you try to get a Metro today, apparently. The bad time if you had to be at the uh, Sun FM studios for half past five, I can confirm that. Mm. Well, there you go. But in, in other news, things that we're doing. Quickly. We did it, yeah, quickly. We're not under. Ta- we're not under. Well, yeah, I don't, yeah, 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 you know, everyone's Come on, don't be shy, lads. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you planning? On the twelfth, twelfth of November, Saturday night, we're going to be at the King's Arms Ales House um, in Salford, doing a live show like we did in London, um, and we're very excited about it. Um, guests are in the process of being confirmed. Tickets will be out soon via the ALS website. Um, like last time, and they'll be ten pound each. Like last time. Um, and yeah, we can't wait. It'll be great. It's um, you know Paul Heaton, the cake and the throat oh, that's style his pub, singer. Isn't it? That's yeah. his pub, aye. So we'll be. Uh... My tickets are only eight pound for the <laughs> get in the sea thing next week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but our, our theory is that people in places like Manchester and London earn more money than people up here. And there's and, more. And there's one of you. There's one of you. There's four of us. And I'll not be completely hammered while I'm on either. Unlike the that's, last time. That was part in of London, the appeal of yeah. Because nobody can remember uh, if the show was any good and. But like everybody's a warning. Somebody said that there. they remembered. They spoke to a lot of people who remembered arriving at the brewery and couldn't remember leaving. So that's a. I think that's a sign of a successful that's evening. A good thing, but um, yeah, so Kings Arms Ale South Ale House, twelfth of November, Saturday night in Salford. We will be mad for it. We will be, and we'll be back uh, into the light on Thursday. And we've got Julio Arga in the studio. Of course, he used to. Um, Wednesday to, for, for in the light, isn't it? It's Wednesday this week. That's right. Yeah. Um, Is that it then? Yes. Thanks for listening. How much are your tickets on me? Eight pounds. And ours are ten pounds. That means because you get better value for money because there's more of us and we're better. <laughs> Say finish. Tura. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.